Okay. Welcome to our community. This is Saratoga Beth Parsons by Here is our question. What was Yaakov Avinu doing, going and lying down on his way down to Koran? And again, why is this important to me? Because it's representative of a reality in which, and it'll take a few minutes to see how, we're at a point in history now where the barrier between the spiritual and the physical is being removed by the moment. One of the main times in history when that barrier between spiritual and physical was removed was at Matan And then there are other major points in history. This is a major removal point that we're in right now, and by the minute it is changing. The barrier between the two becomes thinner and thinner and thinner. What does that mean for my basic everyday, in my basic everyday life? It means that all the spiritual truths can actually be actualized. Let's say the negative ones, God forbid, but the positive ones, all these amazing ideas, what we learn every day, that we say, yeah, halavai, Mashiach is coming and it'll be like this and it'll be like that and all these other things that we say, halavai, meaning, oh, if only it could be. Why do we say, if only it could be? Somebody says, I picture you, you know, um, a girl is 12 years old. Or say, I picture you as very successful or a, a man, a young a boy is 12 years old. Um, I just help my grandchildren. I ordered business cards for them, you know, basketball, basketball coach business cards. I thought it would be kind of fun, you know, uh, you know, the best basketball coaches. <laughs> I mean, a business card for fun, you know, instead of something else for fun. Now, maybe one day they really will be, you know, the best basketball coaches in the world. You have to start somewhere. So, um, we would say, oh, halavai. This is an old concept. Halavai means I wish it would. I don't know. Now, over the past decade or so, even the world, the new age world, even the, the, the non-Torah world has said, you picture it in its spiritual source and you pull it down into this world and it can become, it can be. So, What's the advantage of having this nechita, this barrier between spiritual and physical, come be removed? Whatever I can picture and whatever I learn in Tyra can become my basic reality. Well, that's amazing. So the question is, where does all of this start? And where is where? What are the templates throughout history for this particular reality? It no longer has to stay in the realm of ideas. It can actually be in everyday life. You know, when they made that video of the, you know, the, the secret, they were talking about that concept. Your thoughts become things. The question is, and Sadiqim could always do this. Sadiqim could take thoughts and make them into things. And today, the average person, to a certain extent, can. What it takes to be able to do that not in the realm of Kripa, God forbid, but in the realm of holiness. I'm not sure how a regular person does it. 
But we understand that we're getting closer and closer, moving more and more into that realm. This, we're going to see in a couple of minutes, all has to do with Yaakov Avinu. He was, and his life was a major piece in removing this barrier. Before we look at that, we want to go to one other part of history that is way uh, further in the future that, from that. 3,000 years later, almost 3,000 years later, and that, or maybe a full 3,000, that is the, light, the passing of the Mithra Rebbe, the son of the Balatanya, son of the Alta Rebbe. What's unique? What do we know about him? In this thing about, in this idea of removing the barrier between Ruchmius and Gashmius, spiritual and physical. It turns out that his birthday and his passing all come out on, they both come out on the same day, on Tetz Kisle. And that's a Kiddush. That we don't, and the next day was his Chagagula, when he was released from prison, Yud Kisle. And we know that the holidays or the, the, the Yom Tavim, everything is very exact. It has to do with the Parsha, and it's all connected with, so if we're talking about Tetzkis, like it's connected with Parsha's Vayete, Parsha's Vayishlach, etc. And so here's our question. What is this? Why is this such a big deal that someone's birthday and day of, and your day are on the same day? So it says in Chazal, The Gemara says that Baishar Bain was 120 years. And it says, what do we learn from this? Baishar Bain had full years. Why? Because Hashem sits and fulfills, as it says in the Gemara, Hashem sits and fulfills, makes complete the days of Tzadikim. So remember, when we're speaking about Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov, Yitzchak, Avon Avinu, etc., and all of the tzaddikim since then, there's a completion that they have in a visible way that we don't have. So, um, what does that mean? We would say, what do you mean? It means that they live very full years. You know, every day, like, sorry, maybe. Every day was a complete day in full. Not like us, you know, good days and bad days. They really fill their days. You could say that it does mean that. But there's more to that. Because you want to say the, the completeness of a tzaddik is a spiritual one. What does it have to do with how many years he lived or what day he lives in, what day he is his yard site? A tzaddik, you're talking about spiritual completion versus us that are Trying to get there. But, and the truth is, the light, the life of the tzaddik is not physical, but it's ruchni. What's the life of the tzaddik? And so we understand for a tzaddik, obviously, um, he's going to be complete. And we see with most tzaddikim and the avas, etc., their day of birth was not the same as their day of passing. So does that mean that they don't have completion? No. They all have completion. Because, what does this mean, a tzaddik? What do we mean, Avon, Yitzchak, Yaakov? What are they about? 
What are our Avos about? What do you mean? Tyra. Oneness with Hashem. Okay. Service of Hashem. Oneness with Hashem. Through? Through Tyra. Okay. What is Tyra? Tyra is, when, when we receive the Tyra, what happened as we received the Tyra? What happened? What happened? Oh. The barrier between spiritual and physical was removed. If you want to tell somebody, bless you, I heard about this thing called Torah. And I want to ask you, what is this thing called Torah? This thing called Torah is the removal of the barrier between spiritual and physical. That is this thing called Torah. And so, um, um, So, if modern Torah is all about whatever exists in the spiritual, then comes down to the physical, obviously a tzaddik is going to be that. He doesn't have a split between his spiritual and his physical. That's a tzaddik. He's whole. He's complete. Our avish, they don't have a split between the two. We have that split on the way to not having that split. What is the ula? No, no more split. So uh, there's a whole famous story that somebody came to 770 and they saw different Bukram and many, many years ago when they were shocked, there was a certain naivete that they saw in their eyes and they were actually confused by it and they didn't know and they actually went and spoke to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and asked, what is going on? They seem so naive and the Rebbe said, no, 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 what you see is the lack of a switch. A Bukher, you know, in those days, a pure Bukher, what you're seeing is they're not split between the world and they're learning. You know, this was some before internet. <laughs> the lack of a split. So tzaddikim truly have the lack of a split. Mas entire is no split. Let's merge, says Hashem, spiritual and physical. Ruchmias and Gashmias. Tzaddikim merge it. They are in tune with Taira. So they have it merged. So you should see then, we should be able to see that the birthday and the site of every single tzaddik and every one of the Allahs should be, always be on the same day. But we don't. But don't they have spiritual completion? Yes, they do. So why is it that it's not visible? So, um, well, says Rulababa Shereda, with each of these tzaddikim, there really is a wholeness. You don't see it in the physical realm, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist in the physical realm. So if a tzaddik is born, let's say, on, um, you know, Chav Cheshvan, and then his passing, his 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 is on a different date, he really lives from Chav Cheshvan to Chav Cheshvan, plus a certain number of extra weeks. And that's the way it is by tzaddikim. They really do. And, 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 and certain kinds of tzaddikim, their union, what they're here in the world to do is really accomplish moving that split out of the way, moving that barrier out of the way, healing the split. That was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Machatsi, how does it say? Machatsi Bani Arate. Hashem said, I made a barrier and then I will heal the barrier. 
when we'll see later when Yaakov Avinu was running away from Laban with his family, Laban came after them. And that has a lot to do with what's going on in the world today, America today. Yaakov Avinu is running away from Laban with his family, so his family will be able to survive. And Laban runs after him, and Laban says, you know, let's put up this barrier. Eight Hagalas, they put up a barrier. They put up a split between them, between the two of them. You don't come to my side. I don't come to your side. And there's lots to say about that. Lavan down here is the trickiest, worst, very terrible, unholy force. In its source is Lavan, is whiteness. So you're talking about a very, in its source, in its spiritual source, you're talking about an energy that's very high, very lofty, very holy, very spiritual. Can it come down into actual physical life? No, you can't come to my side. I can't come to your side. This high, these high levels, can they come down into the physical world? Yaakov and Lovin said, no, they can't. And they put up a, a pile of rocks. Eid HaGalazer, this pile, this heap, is a testimony. And yet, as we'll see in other shirim, they didn't cement it together. They put it up as a temporary heap that would eventually be taken down. That's what we as Jews are doing here in history now. Our job is to move the barrier out of the way more and more and more and more and more. So when we learn something in Torah and we bring it down in a practical way, we just took away a piece of the barrier. And and that's our job. Make it more and more user-friendly, more and more practical. Don't leave it up there in the spiritual realm. That was pre-Moth and Torah. The idea that some people have that spiritual things, you know, are holy and you shouldn't mention them in the same sentence as mayonnaise. You know, I'm always saying, Chassidus is compared to mayonnaise. And people would, people would be really upset. How dare you say mayonnaise and... How dare you think mayonnaise and Torah in the same sentence? It's, it's, it's sacrilegious. Or is it? Then Torah, then Matan Torah was of the same quality. Matan Torah said, no more split between spiritual and physical. Now maybe the rest of the world said, that's sacrilegious. In fact, quite truthfully, up until about 10 years ago or 20 years ago, the rest of the world not the Jewish world, saw religion, remember separation of church and state, right? And the Lubavitch Rebbe's battle in that? Why separation of church and state? They said, you know, you don't want children to be forced to pray, right? You don't want Jewish children to have to say a a non-Jewish prayer. But on a deeper level, the whole religion of Esau is based on separation of spiritual and physical. That's why they have a policy to remain celibate, to not marry, and have a policy to not be involved with things of the world. And nobody ever feels good about being involved with things of the world. They feel guilty. We, as Jewish people, we embrace the things of the world. Unabashedly. We're not embarrassed. Right? We're like, ah, wow, yeah. So what are you going to do on your, your holiday? Oh, I'm going to make a good kugel. <laughs> I once 
I once heard a shear, it was very funny. Uh, this rabbi got on and he spoke about how we shouldn't, we shouldn't be too involved in the Gashmias and all of this, you know, and, and not take it too seriously. Not, don't cough in the Gashmias. And then when the rabbi was finished, the next speaker came on. And she said, ladies, I want to tell you, do I have recipes for you? Ah, you put the onions in the chopped liver, Tom Ganesh, and she was going on and on and on about the recipes and how to make them and all the details and how delicious it is. And I was thinking, that's so funny. This is a total contradiction to the rabbi's speech who said, don't get so involved in the Gashmis. And she's teaching for me, I don't know, chopped liver, it's chopped liver. She's saying, no, don't just see it as chopped liver. Let's go into it, make it more delicious and more of a two opposite viewpoints. So for a Jewish person, the two of them have to merge. What do you do for a deeply spiritual holiday? You eat food. <laughs> what do you do in a time of crisis? You eat food. You know, what do you do for Yeshua, Hatzalah? You want to celebrate Hanukkah. What are we going to do besides the Hanukkah candles? We're going to eat latkes. That's, that's not an aberration. That's not something weird. That's normal. That's how you bring it all down. You pull it all down. That is Matantaira. So for a tzaddik to have his spiritual, his ruchmiyas, expressing his gashmiyas, that's absolutely normal. Not every tzaddik, in, not in every tzaddik do you see that, but every tzaddik exemplifies that. Every tzaddik has wholeness, completeness. It's just not always expressed very <clears throat> visibly in their birthday. This quality is expressed in the birthday and the yard site of the Mithlerev of the son of the Balatanya. From Teskisleis to Teskisleis. And it's expressing, again, a concept that exists by Sadiqim, and for various reasons that we'll see a couple of lectures from now, why he has the merit of being the one. Also, Meisher being 120 years. So, um, and Daska, why is it important? Because Daska, when the completion of a Jew and of a Tzaddik is expressed in the Gashmias and the physical, that achieves something that even adds to its spirituality. It, it creates an elevation in the, in the spiritual accomplishments of the Jewish people. So again, why don't we on Hanukkah just light candles? Why do we have to eat latkes? Because there's something that we accomplish through the eating of latkes. It's not just, listen, you're sitting around, sitting, looking at the menorah. You know, you're going to get hungry, so munch on something. No, 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 no. It's a deeply spiritual avida, although for Hanukkah we don't have the obligation to have a, a specific meal. We don't, we don't wash on Hanukkah on a mitzvah per se, but the men have to eat latkes and to eat donuts is very strong. It's not just, it's not an indulgence. It's a holy endeavor. It's bringing the spiritual light down from above through the menorah down through the, the, the donuts into the world. And it needs to be drawn down, 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 down. And that's why Hashem sits and fulfills the years of tzaddikim from day to day, because the full avaita, the tzaddik, 
is when it's expressed in his Gashmias. What's Gashmias? In his phys- physical life. What's physical life? Time and space. The physical world is composed of time and space. Um, as it says, when Hashem created the world, He created Rosh Chaydesh, He created time. And and then Hashem created, also chose, when He created time, He chose, He created a holy time, Rosh Chaydesh of Geula, etc. And He chose us at the same time. So when something is installed in time, that's the world. And at the same time, then there's another concept, Rosh Chodesh of Geula, which is connected with how Hashem shows us, Bakar B'Yakub What is the whole reason why Hashem made time and space? For Yaakov and his son to go into the world and do their avida and purify the world. And as the years, Ashana, from the word Shinoi, means when you go through a year, you go through all kinds of different circumstances, up and down and hot and cold and nice and good and not, and uh, you know, all of that. Go through all the different kinds of changes you can go through in a year. So a tzaddik will have this completion, or the completion of all can expressed through the years. This completion we see by the Abbas with our forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Yaisat, etc. We see them these complete, com- this completion. Um, uh, from Dalid Nisan, they were born. Dalid Nisan, Meldu, Nisan, Mesi. So the Abbas were born in Nisan. They left the world in Nisan. The month of Nisan, Maishar Benu, he said, today my years are fulfilled, 120 years to the day. He was born on the 7th of other, and he left the world on the 7th of other. Complete. Same thing with the others. And 120 years, complete. Why? Why did he need that completion? He's the rightiest row. The our abbas are the, our shepherds, Rai Yisrael, and especially Maishrabena, the faithful shepherds, the Raya Mahemna. And so the completion of a tzaddik is expressed in them, in their actual physical life, how many days and how many years they lived and when they were born, and if it's synced up with the end of their shlifah. And as we said, for each one, each one has that, but in the, some of the tzaddikim, it's a more visibly and more tangibly in numbers. So, what do we want to know? Where this came from? This started really in a major way with Yaakov Avinu. The main story of Yaakov Avinu in the Torah is not in Parshas Teldus, where he's born. No. Nope. The main story of Yaakov Avinu is not when he's at home in the land of Israel, in Beersheba. Nope. So where is the main story? You know, we know he was born, good, he had a brother, eh, fine, grew up, great, had a barmissa, whatever they each, the, the, he and his twin brothers, they grew up, good, great. Where is the main story about Yaakov Avinu? 
when he's out of the house, when he leaves his home of Beersheba, and he goes down to the pit. He goes to Charon. Charon of Shomakam. Where does he go? He goes to live with Love and Harami. Very tricky guy. Very tricky guy. As we understand today, you know, we experience it. Very, very tricky guy, Lavan. Where did he live in Haran? A horribly immoral place. We're looking at it with our own eyes today. And where is Yaakov Avinu sent? Right into the middle of that camp. Well, very interesting. If you want to take a parallel for today, Yaakov Avinu and all the Yaakovs, all the little Yiddelach around in the in America, what what exactly are they where are they going to? Right in the center of Lavanland, Haran, Haranashamakam, with all the stuff. Today Medicaid will say the, the, this one changes the gender and that one changes the this and this one is that and that one is this and everything goes and everything, there's no moral standard anymore and everything's a complete, right? Karen, where, you know, feel good, this is what you do. Choose whatever you want. As long as it makes you happy, do it. You know, it's my car, it's your car, I like the car, I'm allowed to, <laughs> right? Anybody's allowed to do anything. That's the way it is in Karen. So what's right? And 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 because Haran was such a seedy, really disgusting, immoral place, then what? Then what did they do? Who was running the place? Lovin. Now Lovin is about as tricky as you get. Lovin pretends he's such a sweet guy, a nice older man, but he's really tricky. Dick. He's the trickster of all. That's Lovin. And where does any place? He wants to win the elections, Lavan, of Haram. This crazy immoral place is where they have a march for this and a march for that and defund this and defund that, etc. So Lavan's very tricky and Lavan will put on a mask and appear as a gentle, uh, as a, a sweet older gentleman when he's really representing etc., etc., etc. It's all very skilled deception over there in Haran. And Yaakov Avinu is sent to that place. Yaakov Avinu is a very innocent, communistic Jew. How will he survive in such a place? The closest he got to, he did have some training because he grew up with his twin brother Asav, and Asav uh, knew how to play the game. Asav knew how to trick his own father into thinking that he's a very special Sadik. So Asav was very familiar and very expert at the world of trickery. Asav's main media is not trickery, but he knows how to do it. Laban, that's his thing, being a trickster. Asa's main thing is he likes the physical world. Eat, drink, be merry, enjoy the passions of, that are available in life. Milk them to the max. Have a good time. Take advantage of the pleasures of the physical world. That's Asa. 
the fact that it became evil for 4,000 years, okay, now it's, we'll see in a second. It's Yaakov's job to bring him to goodness. You like the pleasures of the physical world? Okay. Use it for good reasons. But Lavan is a trickster. He's tricky dick. So what, how is Yaakov Levine going to survive in Haran? And his own mother is sending him there. Yaakov Levine was told by his wife and his mother, Rivka, go to Haran. Ma, do you understand where you're sending me? How am I going to survive? Don't worry, my son. You've been around Asa for long enough. You know how to manage with this kind of stuff. Right? Your brother's been preparing you. Yeah? I guess so. So the main story, and remember, all of this is for one reason. We're speaking about removing the barrier between spiritual and physical. How this is going to play out, well, we'll see, hopefully, over the next few minutes. So the main story about Yaakov is Yaakov leaves Beersheba and he goes to Haran and um, and all the negative stuff that happens there, it's a huge descent. And therefore, Yaakov Avinu was afraid. He said, the shafti b'shalom al-beis avi. I just pray that I come back in peace, whole, spiritually whole, to my father's house. I'm really going to a very seedy place. Please, Hashem, I just want to come back whole, in one piece, spiritually my father's home eventually and guess what is the question did he he sure did he came back to the father of the Shvatim the 12 tribes Mitasa Shlema everybody was spiritually whole his Zeta couldn't do that Avram Avinu had one one child on the Derech one child off the Derech Yitzchak had one on the derech, one off the derech. Yaakov, who went to this most grungy, seedy, disgusting place, who lived for a bunch of years and that's and unmarried, and went there and got married and gave birth to his whole family. He was the one. He's the one who had a complete family, a pneumatic, whole, spiritually whole family in the grungiest of places. Now that's interesting. Well, there we have a hint. We would think that staying in the spiritual world is the safest place. You don't have to worry about things being off. Wait a minute. Yitzchak Avinu, he never left Eretz Yisrael. That's about as good as you can get. He was a pure carbon. How did he manage to give birth to a two sons, one on the derech and one off the derech? He himself was totally immersed in, in pure spirituality. So then we understand that staying, keeping the spiritual and physical world separate is not necessarily the only way or the way for Gula to be brought into the world. It's a much more complex process. So, and Dafyan Haran, that's where Yaakov Avinu established his family. That's us. We were born in Haran. You know, somebody asked you, so like, oh, I see you speak English very well. Where were you born? Haran. Haran? Huh. 
There is? Yeah. My sister was also born in Kharan. My brother, too. My, you know, my cousins, my, they were all born in Kharan. Oh, born in Kharan. Oh, my goodness. Guess what? I have news for you. Yeah, what? You were also born in Kharan. No. Hey, yeah, you were. We were all born in Kharan. Every single one of us. In, in mafia land. In a gross, disgusting, immoral, terrible place. That's where we were all born. So nobody can feel like, oh, you know, I come from a very spitz place. Well, you don't. You don't come from a spitz place. You were born in Haran. Don't fool yourself. Along the way, you picked up some good good genes along the way. In your original genes, you were born in Haran. Let's face it. We're all in the same boat. There's a reason for that. And, of course, the question is, could Yaakov Avinu, such a mystic, he's just sitting in the tent of Torah the whole time. Can he survive in Haran? Yes, you bet. He will bring, all of this will be brought down into the physical world. All those beautiful Torah thoughts that he was learning will now be actualized in everyday life. He's not just going to be sitting. Once he has his family, he's going to be doing stuff. But he will retain his purity while he's dealing with the sheep and the cows and you know and the and all of that. He's in the world of business. And guess who he has as a boss? Tricky Dick. Loving himself. And yet he gives birth to us and installs in us a wholeness. To such an extent that Hashem chooses us, Misha Bakr the Yaakov Hashem chose Yaakov and his sons. We're his sons and we are whole. That's because we were in Haran. And we said, Yaakov Avinu said, Vishafi Vishalom al please Hashem, I want to be able to go back to my father's home in Shalom. Two kinds of shalom, from above and from below. One way is, and we'll see that about your children, one way is from above. You know, I never leave the holy domains, so I'm always in shalom. The other one is, you go into the grungy place, you go to the Quran, and you also maintain yourself. That's a real test to the truth of a Jew. And um, and the interesting thing, instead of fulfilling the command and go, instead of Yaakov Avinu going straight back there to Israel, now what does he have to deal with? You think he dealt with Laban all that time with Tricky Dick, the mafia guy, managed to have a family and raise them to be pure. Now he's on his way back finally to Israel. Whom does he come up, meet up with? Ding dong, Esav, his brother. The Yishloch Yaakov Malachim Lefanavel Esav Achiv Arta Seir Stay Adam. All the details of Parshas of Yishloch, those start happening. So, wouldn't you say the main story about the advice of Yaakov Avinu as one of the Avais, our forefathers, and the Harsh of Avais, he's the choice of the Avon. More than we're the children of Avram Avinu, which we are, and more than that we're the children of 
Yitzchak, which we are, we're very much, we're the only ones, we're B'nai Yaakov, right? Beis Yaakov. Beis Yaakov is only for Jewish people, right? Jewish girls. Beis Yitzchak is for Esau and, and, uh, um, and Yaakov. Base Avraham, if there's such a place, is for um, Yishmo and, uh, and Yitzchak. Okay. But base Yaakov is only for pure Jewish girls. So we are the, we are the sons of, on whom are we called? Yaakov Avinu. The one who lived in the grungy place and lived to tell the tale. Spiritually safe. Spiritually whole. And all the stories in these parshas about all the business deals he had to do with Laban Arami and then Asava Russia. And um, like the story entire about the Abide of Avram and Yitzchak, that their main story, Avram and Yitzchak, their main story was actually in Eretz Yisrael. And Yaakov, our father, his main story was out of Eretz Yisrael, out of the tent. Funny, because Yaakov was being started off in the tent. Asaph was out in the field, and he sure did laugh at Yaakov. Yeah, what do you know? You sit a whole day and you study. You know anything about life? What do you know? I'm a man of the field. I know life. A little neb. A little neb. What do you know? Nothing. Yeah, go back to your books. Asaph made fun of him. Uh, you and your birthright business. Who cares? Can I buy a bowl of soup with it? No. Can I eat, drink, and be merry with a birthright? What's it worth? Eh. That was Asaph. No one would have ever believed that Yaakov was simple, pure, our father would manage in Haran exquisitely well. Opening up the, the ability for us to live in America right now when things are as fun as anything, interesting as anything, and be able to continue to be the leaders, to step into the role of leaders of the world. Do we see we're at a point in history when some of Yaakov Avinu, some people from Bnei Yaakov are falling into the clutches of Esav and Yishmael, into the deception of Lavan? Oh, yeah. How many? 75 million Americans. How are you going to win that? Well, not, seven, not all 75 million Americans are Jewish, but a nice portion of those 75 million Americans who can't really think straight because love and God to them. Many of them are Jewish. How will we win them back? Listen, if Hashem, how will we win them back to the truth? If Hashem could have our father, Yaakov Azinu, thrive in tricky Dickland in Haram with Lavan, American Jews, don't worry. Hashem will manage. Hashem, Hashem will... He has his tricks up his sleeve. And we're about to see miracles. So, 
Let's pull all this together by saying the following. Everything that happened to them, it's called Maita Avasim Labanim. Whatever happened to our Avais, that's for us. The story about what Yaakov Avinu did with Lavan, and then with Esau, that means in Parshat Vayetze, and then Vayishlach, is a hurrah for us. It is an empowering energy for us as his sons. Because it's the first time in Tyra, when Yaakov Avinu goes down, it's the first time in Tyra where it speaks with at very great length about the Avais and their Avaita in the world. It's one thing to hear about them in Eretz Yisrael. But really going into our, the Avram Yitzchak Yaakov as they are in the world and the positive aspect of that, this is really the place. The Tyra from the word Hayra is telling us that the whole purpose of a Jew is to achieve in the world. And we're being told the system of how you go into the world and are victorious for truth and for Torah. Here it is. Yaakov came out of Beersheba and he went to Haran. What does that mean? It also means that your soul, your neshama, leaves its place up above its holy, pure place under the Kisei Akavet and goes down into the world. Neshama shen nesafadi tahirahi, your pure neshama goes down into Charan. It goes out of Beersheba. Your soul was living in Beersheba. What's Beersheba? The place of Bina. The air, the source of the seven meters. The air, the source of the seven meters, of Atilus. Your soul is up there in Atilus, comprised of seven, seven different energies up there in Atilus, in a place of tremendous purity. And it goes down into Malchus. Charan, Charana. And going down, and then it goes down into the lower world. Atavrasa, the world of Bria, Atayitzarta, the world of Yitzira, Atanafasabi, the world of Asiya, or Atanafasabi, and Hashem blows into us the spirit of life. We go down into the real physical world, and not only that, into America, America, where there's stuff going on. And, and, and even at, for us at this point, probably the craziest time in world history in a certain way. A real core-to-core spiritual conflict going on in a way that's different from all the generations. It's very different now. It's a continuation, but there's a deep spiritual battle going on. In, down here in this world, in this physical world, in Haran Afshalmakam, in the grunge, it's a place, it's Malay Klippas for Sitra Acha. It's full of Klippas, it's full of Sitra Acha. And what do those things do? What do all those negative forces do? They hide Hashem. They conceal Hashem. They conceal the Kedusha of your soul. And they could even, God forbid, harm us. And that's what Yaakov Ravina was afraid of. He said, I, I pray, I, I know I have to go there. My mother is sending me there. Hashem is sending me there. 
I pray that I won't be harmed spiritually. And he really asked, he really, really davened that he shouldn't be harmed spiritually. And he was not. On the contrary. He was thriving. But it's not just him. It's us. We also, he left Beersheba, went to Charan. We leave Beersheba and we go to Charan. We leave the place where our neshama is housed. The, the place, the source of the seven meters, the source of the place, the source of the spirits, and we come down into this world. Why? So that we can look the concealment right in the face and take care of it. We can build a bias Israel in a way of Mitasa Shlema. We can build eternity. We can build a family. We can build the Jewish people, not just physically, spiritually. We can build a world that is pure while we, who come from a pure place, come down into this grungy place, and we have the ability to not be dragged into the grunge, the corruption of where we live, but rather to make this corrupted world into a pure place. That's probably one of the reasons why the Jewish people throughout Gullus, after we left the basin, after we left Eretz Yisrael, after the basin Midrash was destroyed, we were sent all over the world to different places in Gullus, and each place that we were sent to was a glorified motel. Sometimes we lived for several hundred years. We lived for several hundred years in Spain, and then in Poland. We had different places in Babylon. They were all motels. It's a place where you stay overnight. And one needs to be careful not to identify their essence with the motel. A motel is a motel. Somebody asked, let's say I like to stay in Best Western. Who are you? Oh, I'm Best Western. I'm not Best Western. I stay in Best Western. They they like to stay in uh, Holiday Inn. She's not Holiday Inn, and I'm not Best Western. It's a place where I stay. I pay, and it's a motel. And maybe I pick up some sparks along the way. We do not identify with the motel. We only identify with our home, our homeland, Eretz Yisrael. While we're living, while we're staying in the motel. You've got to be in the motel. You have to have a place to sleep. While you're doing your travels through the world on the way home. While we are going through history on the way home back to Eretz Yisrael, ultimately, with Mashiach, these motels, we have to stay in different countries. But the country is not our essence. It's a practical place to stay and to do an Avaida. The last thing you want to do is feel like, oh, my essence is that I'm a, a this or that, a Portuguese, a Spanish, a, a, a Brazilian, a Canadian, American, it's a motel. We embed ourselves, and we'll see in the next couple of seasons, we embed ourselves in those places, but we are not that place, and that place is not us. And that is, to, and how do we do it? How do we create eternity, the eternal Jewish people, in this motel of Haran? Through this, that being a neshama in a body, we reveal, through Tarnitzah, the light of the neshama, and through this, 
we take the chumris of the world, um, we take very gross uh, physicality and we make it more edel physicality. And then we take the, we take chumris and make it into gashmias, more gross gashmias into gashmias. And then we take the gashmias, the physical world, and we make it into a vessel for spiritual, for ruchmias, for the neshama. So we're just like that. We're in the Shama, living in a motel called your physical body. What do you associate yourself with? Are you in your motel? Maybe not. It's a subtle concept. So, and we see that when Yaakov Avinu went down, where did he go? What? He went to Haran. Why does it say Tucharan? Why does it say Charana? His neshama went down. Our neshama comes down into this world. It's going down. We're moving. We're progressing. So why doesn't it say Lecharan? We're going down Tucharan. He went down Tucharan. Because we need to take Charan and make it into a place that no longer belongs to the unholy forces. We need to make it into a place that belongs to <clears throat> Hashem. Behei. Karana. That's why it says, doesn't say Yelicharan. Karana. When we move forward spiritually, then Karan, the place that we're moving through to gather up the sparks, we make into a holy place. Because ultimately, Hashem's desire is that we take all these grungy, charon places and make them a place that's so fit for Hashem to, to be in that He says, wow, I feel like I'm just at home. We take a, take a motel and we turn it into a shul. Imagine somebody, you know, they have an old Best Western that uh, went out of business and they're trying to sell the building and they're selling it off for very cheap and we buy the Best Western and we make it into a show. That's what we're doing here in this world. And so that's why it says Karana. The world was created with the hay. The Kayak and the godly the godly Kayak that's in the creation the Kayachapal Beniso, it becomes this whole place where we live in is begging to become an expression of Hashem. Not only a place where Hashem feels comfortable, this awful world is begging that we make it into a place that literally is expressing Hashem's essence. So here's the question, that um, if Yaakov Avinu is going down to Haran, meaning we're going to Haran, we live in Haran, <laughs> um, we're at a time where everybody's living in Haran right now. The whole world is, it, the whole world is interesting. You know how it says, Eretz Yisrael will expand to fill the whole world? Well, just before that happens, it looks like Haran will, just saying it figuratively, Haran will expand to fill the whole world like 
quite honestly, the entire world is struggling with the corruption that's imploding from within. There isn't one single place to go that is outside of the realm of corruption. No place. No place. Except pure, holy, Tyra, and us. Pure, holy, Tyra, and us. Within the world, which is called Mamali Kohami, within the world now, every place became like Haran. Every single place became like Haran. Every single place is the downfall of this country and that country and this government and that country, corruption from within and without, everything. Every place became like, like Haran. With Lavan running the whole thing, trying to trick us. So only Yaakov Avinu could go into that place, into a world that's falling apart at the seams, and only Yaakov Avinu can go in with his wisdom and with his pure neshama and be misgaber, be victorious over the darkness of Haran. It can't even be done by Asaph. Asaph cannot do it on his own. He doesn't have that kind of spiritual strength. Yaakov Avinu has to do it. So Yaakov can work through Esav. Esav can ha- take on Yaakov as his mashpia and be able to do quite a few practical things in the world, as we've seen in the past four years. But in the end, it's Yaakov who has to lead the world in, through Charan and in Charan and turns Charan into Charanah. So for that, you have to allow the holiness of the spiritual world, of Ruchnius, the holiness of your neshama to drip down into the practical physical world. So we have to come out of the tent of Tyra, just like Yaakov Avinu had to come out of the tent of Tyra, who was just sitting quietly, learning Tyra, absorbing truth, becoming a bastion of truth, quiet way, not bothering anybody. He was forced to come out of the tent of Tyra, like us, and embed ourselves in the world and go down to Haran and bed himself in the world. And Hashem promised him protection. So for that, when we, when, what are we saying about the, the union of the spiritual and physical? When we emerge from the yeshiva, not just as, as Talmudim, but I'm saying as Yidin, we come out of Shul, we come out of Davening, we come out of saying Tehillim, we, we, we come out of Ashir, and we go out into the street, we get up in the morning, we say Maida'ani, and then we say Brachas, and we daven, and then we go out into the street. We just went from the tents of Yaakov into, down, we just went out from Beersheba down to Haran. We walked out onto the street. You live in New York. You're in Haran. You are in Haran. Look all around in Brooklyn. Why does this one have pink hair and that one has blue hair and green hair and Plus, plus, you don't know what gender they are, you don't know what this, what that, everybody, it's a mother place, it's a weird place. You're in Karin. If you live in New York, you live in, outside of Eretz Yisrael, one of the biggest places, the biggest Makam Taira outside of Eretz Yisrael is New York. And it's Karin. It's Bavos. It's Bavel. There's the Talmud Yerushalmi and the Talmud Bavli. Yidni either lived in, in Eretz Yisrael, 
you know, after the first base of Medish, where they lived in Bavel. So that's us today. You didn't either live in Eretz Yisrael. There are those who, who are supposed to be in Eretz Yisrael right now, and there are those who are supposed to be in Bavel, because there's, there's, there's an avoided to do in Bavel. We live in Bavel, and New York. If New York's not Bavel, then what is it? Bavel is a place billable, confusion. Think anybody has their head on straight in New York? A crazy place with crazy ideas that they think is normal. That's called bubble. It's, it's just a place of total confusion about what is truth. It's like the center. The center of all the nonsense right now is in New York. So we walk out of our holy home, our tent of Torah, onto the street. Boom. You just walk from Eretz Yisrael, from Yerushalayim, out into Bubble. I want to tell you that you know, there's a place called Mada in uh, Montreal. And um, very special. It's kind of an Israeli kind of a center. And I remember now they have a very beautiful building and they have a soup kitchen for all kinds of people. And, you know, they do all kinds of amazing things. But not so many years ago, it was for many years housed in a shopping center in Montreal in Cotonege Plaza. But <laughs> it's called Plaza Cotonege, but but you didn't call it Gaza Cotonege. You know, you can imagine because it became all uh, Muslim. When, in my day as a child, it was French Canadian, but it's a, it's, a, it's a shopping center. But so they now it's a joke. They call it Gaza Cotonege. So I. I I walked into this shopping center. First of all, somebody said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah come, come, for sure. I'm walking into a, uh, a shopping center. Why, do, why would I want to go to a shopping center on Friday night? I said, no, 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 no. And we walked through. I felt like I was walking through downtown Bombay, walking through this, this, this shopping center Friday night. Very weird. And all of a sudden, I come to the end, and I see this entrance to this show in the corner, and I walk in, and it's like, I just walked into Yerushalayim. From Bombay, from Bavel, let's say, I suddenly walked, the atmosphere inside was totally different, in the shopping center. And then when you walk back out, you're back into downtown Bombay. It was a very strange feeling. Okay, so now, again, they have a normal place, and part of their own building. It was a very strange feeling. So that's us. Every morning we leave the world of spiritual, we leave our tent of Yaakov and we walk out onto the street into Bavel, downtown Bombay, Haran, Haran. And there Hashem is saying, don't worry, what you can achieve in Haran, you can build the, the, the lineage of, me, of the Jewish people and of Tyra and of truth and of Geula, Dafka in the street. Of Kharan, New York City. And that's what we do. I can only say, well, I guess, that's why Hashem told us stay at home, you know, during during COVID. Stay in the tent of Yaakov. Stay at home. You know, and then when we finally go out onto the streets again, it was a whole other, on a much deeper level, an understanding of what we have to achieve in Kharan. So to end all of this off, when we're saying, 
you said at the beginning, as expressed through Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu had to go down to Haran because the barrier between Eretz Yisrael and Haran was a very thick barrier. There's Kadesh and Chol. There's holy and there's mundane. There's holy, Eretz Yisrael, Tereshavah, and there's unholy, Haran. And the barrier between the two had to be pulled out as a preparation for Matan when that's what happens at Matan The barrier is pulled out. So how was it pulled out? Yaakov Avinu himself, the Bechor Shabbat our father, left Eretz Yisrael, traveled down to live, not just to visit, to live, and build his family in Haran. By doing that, he was pulling out the Mechitza between the two. And when he was doing that, he was pulling out with it the Mechitza between Ruchmias and Gashmias, holy and mundane, spiritual and physical. So that's why he had to go down there, and we'll see a couple of days what that has to do with Mr. Rebbe, the son of the Balatanya, as the next stage in pulling out this barrier. So that ultimately, we come to Geula Shlema, and Geula Shlema, the Gashmias will inspire the Ruchmias. The Mechita will have been pulled out so effectively by us, that not only will Gashmias be shining, it will shine more than the Ruchmias, because they will have worked on each other. It will shine more than the Ruchmias, and you'll have a physical world where Hashem can be permanently, that is purely holy, and Eretz Yisrael will expand to fill the whole world. May it be immediately now, in this month of Kislev, we're ready for miracles. I think we in my humble opinion, we deserve miracles. We've gone through a lot and we quarantined for long enough and now we want to come out of our quarantine and step into the Gulamita Fashlima. Thank you, Ellen.